Okay, everybody, thanks for listening today. Uh, we're really fortunate today to have an opportunity to talk to Daniel Holzman. Uh, you may have already already know Daniel's name. He's co-owner co at the Meatball Shop. And, uh, gosh, these guys started just about five years ago and, and uh, have six locations. They're growing. They're extremely popular, well-liked, successful restaurants in New York City and um, been featured on a lot of um, all kinds of television, so they've done a great job with just really getting their word out and their brand. And Daniel, man, thanks so much for taking the time today to talk to us and share some advice and wisdom. I had to wake up an extra 30 minutes uh, early this morning. This is like a, a milestone day. <laughs> Dude, I bet you have long days, man. So, what um, so you know, I, I'm excited to chat with you because I want to hear kind of. Where you all are now, we were up there filming a couple of years ago, and um, uh, you've opened some more locations since then. I suspect there's more on the horizon. Um, so kind of what, what are you all focused on right now? We're, right now we're spending most of our, 80% of our time focused on operations. And, um, you know, I think that as we grew, we kind of lost sight of the um, quality of the individual restaurants, the happiness of the managers and the core kind of important goal of serving the food, you know, delicious food quickly and in a fun place and not taking ourselves too seriously. So the last six months, we've just stopped everything and said, hey, we need to really make sure everything is great because we can't grow if um, if we're not happy with who we are. That's, a, that's an interesting uh, commentary about that, Daniel, and it's an interesting balance, I would think. To all, like, it's, it's probably always something you have to check and make sure you, you get that right balance. And I remember you told me two years ago, which I thought was one of the more, in, just, I don't know, one of the more memorable comments anybody made to me doing, doing those videos for a couple of years, you said, grow half as fast as you think you can. Um, and... Uh, it, it, and I guess that's something that you always probably have to fight because you want to keep growing. But, but your point around that I think was um, was really that you know if you if you grow faster or faster you, you think you can, you're going to lose sight of those those core elements along the way. Is that is that right? I, I think so. Um, I mean, I can't speak to everybody because there are people that are extraordinary operators that you know, are able to grow very quickly without losing anything and, you know, their companies are um, profiting all the more because of their uh, expedited, you know, or accelerated growth. On, in our case, you know, the meatball shop is a labor of love and it has, um, it's always been a challenge for us operationally because it's not that's not where we come from. We never worked in chain restaurants. It was always, you know, one restaurant where we were the chef or the bartender so um, there's a lot of learning that goes into figuring out how to consistently deliver, you know, meatballs across six different restaurants, let alone more. Yeah, and uh, and well, in, in your but you're learning it. You guys are figuring it out, you know, and uh, getting better at it. I'm sure all the time. And some of those folks that you know may have done that. Um, before yeah, maybe, and they've had experience. Somebody else's uh, dime, maybe. You know? Or on somebody right? Yeah, I would say you guys. This is all. Is this all? Uh, is this all? You funded all of this yourselves? You know, we we have obviously in the beginning we bought and stole some. Well, minus the stealing part, hopefully, 
Uh, we begged and borrowed um, from anybody that would give us uh, cash to open the first restaurant, and we've had investors along the way in individual restaurants. At this point, we've been trying to, you know, run it and grow organically and from, you know, our, the funding that we <laughs> from the cash that the restaurants are supposed to be producing. Do you um? Well, I, 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 not to not to look back and and um. You know, you always want to kind of look look forward, but if if you were to, you know, in, in terms of like somebody listening to this, um, if you were to look back at, you know, what y'all have done over the last five, it's five years, right? You opened in 2010, is that right? Yeah, 2010. Okay, so five years and you've got six. What would you do differently? Knowing what you know now, what would you, or is there anything you would do differently? Or can you, can you just say, you know Yeah, I would have spent more time documenting, um, I would have spent more time, with with one, I would have done a lot of things differently. First and foremost, um, I would have spent more time paying attention to what made the first restaurant special, so that we could really, um, you know, make sure that we were training the folks that were going to run the future restaurants on that. Um, I would have, um, I would have spent more time training people. And being much more selective about the the um, hiring process, um, you know, it's it's really hard to imagine when you're down a cook um, that you're better off not hiring the first person that walks through the door. But it's you know, three years later when that cook is still there, and you realize that they have a limited potential, uh, arguably because you know they were not they were they were poorly chosen in the first place. You realize you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Um, so I think that's important. Yeah, yeah, it's you. You have to. Uh, yeah, you have to think long term, uh, not just solving the immediate need. Um, well, do you? Um, so, uh, tell me a little bit about. I mean, y'all have been is is good or better really than anybody I've ever seen at, at um, getting exposure. Uh, you've been on. Uh, the Tonight Show. You've been on. Good, I mean, you've been on everything. Like I, I, I've seen y'all. And how are y'all able to to manage that? Uh, I mean, I know you obviously have a good PR firm, but um, is that something that um, you think has been a really one of the cornerstones of, of of why you've had so much success? I think that um, the press. I, it's interesting. You know, we came out with a with a with a you know, our story, which is just our story, um, for whatever reason, people got behind and got excited about a couple of young guys who wanted to, you know, were best friends and wanted to live their dream. I guess people were excited about that. And the meatball thing, you know, people decided, you know, it was easy to publicize. So our publicists have done a really amazing job of getting us tons of press and people have continued to, and continued to support it, which is incredible. It's a question about at what point you know enough is enough, or what you know, like having yourself having your face on TV might get a customer to come in for the first time. But in the restaurant business, um, you're only as good as your last meal. So you know, they they we might get that person to walk in the door, but getting them to come back is up to us. And you know, you're not going to sustain a business with only first time customers. So I think the press is amazing, but not if you're losing sight of maintaining great operations, right? So 
that's that's been our last you know now as the in the beginning it was we'll say yes to anything whatever it is that's amazing you want to support the meatball shop no matter how big or small we'd love to be part of it now we we're trying to be a little bit more selective because you know if we said yes to everything it might take more more time than we can afford ah uh, yes well good that y'all have really figured that out that was kind of my next question was how do you find that <clears throat> Um, you know that balance because it, even in a city like New York, you can't survive on first-time customers. So you've, you really, it sounds like y'all are <clears throat> kind of re-energized around making sure that the person that comes in has a great experience, so they come in again and again and again. Um, it's also a double-edged sword because you know when you're just some place that no one's ever heard of, and 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 they come in to get a meatball hero, and they're pleasantly surprised because you over-delivered and under-promised. It's another story when they, you know, saw you on TV and heard, you know, this is the best meatball or whatever in the world, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, their expectations are set a little higher and you're you know, setting yourself up, arguably, to uh, disappoint. Do you guys think about, one thing I always am curious about, when there's, when when the story is a part of the um, experience, right, for the customer, which yours is, and you do have a very authentic story. I know a lot of people have tried to, um, you know, copy what y'all have done or mimic it, and it doesn't work when it's not authentic. So you've got that for sure. There's no doubt about it. It's very clear, um, I think, to anybody that, that knows your story that it's a really, it's a, it's a fun story. It's an interesting story. You guys are, um, you know, it all works. Now, here's my question. I always wonder this with places like that, is as as you grow, um, do you, how do you, like, so it's one thing when you're there, like, you know, you're in the place, and so you've got this, you know, two buddies from childhood, they started this place, and, and you're there a lot, but then as you grow, you're there, you know, obviously less and less, you got six, so how do you maintain that sort of the authenticity around the story, uh, and and what you all are trying to do when you know you have six and then ten one day and maybe twenty you wait. Like, where do you see what I'm saying? Like, or is that does that yeah, not I, matter I, as much as you could? No, I I think it matters a lot, and I think you know I I can try and answer it. Um, I think with six restaurants, I'm you know we're 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 really just learning as we go. So you know to speak with any authority to you know yeah. some long-term ability to do that would be disingenuous, right? I think there are plenty of restaurateurs that have um, you know, been in business for 20 or 30 years and could do a better job understanding how to do it. I can only imagine, you know, only say what our strategy is and what we're trying, which is to empower people to uh, have that, take that leadership role so that when a, a person comes into the restaurant, you know, maybe originally they were looking to Michael and Daniel as the, you know, the chef and the front of the house guy and look, it's those two best friends. And now when you walk into the restaurant, hopefully the general manager and the, you know, managers below them are, filling that role and creating that sense of community. Um, and in a lot of restaurants, they have done that very well, you know, and they know the locals in the neighborhood. And, and you know, one of my most exciting, you know, experiences is going into a restaurant and having a customer not recognize me but know the staff in the individual restaurant and see that family living on its own. We realized pretty early on that you can't have you know, that the restaurants, originally we tried, we thought we are, we'll be one big happy family. And then what we realized is, no, we're not going to be one giant nuclear-like family. We're going to have, we're, we're going to be 
each restaurant is going to be a distant cousin or, or mm. you know, a nephew, but the individual restaurant will have their own kind of, you know, first family. Yeah, that's a neat way to look at it. And you guys are, I mean, you do, you know, from the outside, it seems like you're doing, like, it, it seems genuine to me because you've got, like, for instance, on your website, you have your managers, you know, right there with a profile, a feature of the managers of each location and the general manager and so on. Like, that's, that probably is a, you know, I would think that's a big deal. I mean, a lot of places you just, you, they don't do that. And so that, that shows me that there's, you know, these people are, are bought in. They're, you know, they plan to be around for a while. I know there's always turnover, but um, I think that's really cool that you yeah, are I mean, doing I went that. to um, the Mamafuku website um, four years ago when we were designing our second website. Um, and they had, they had all their, the managers and all the staff of all their restaurants on the website. And I thought this is so cool. You know, you could really tell that they care about the folks that are working at their restaurant um, and they want them to have ownership over it, which is, which is very special. So we were hoping to, we were hoping to mimic that. And, and I think, um, I think the little things are important to people. Uh, It's kind of weird, but the little benefits almost outweigh some of the bigger issues you know like uh, we if we have like um candy bars for people to eat at the office um they're more excited about that than getting a a raise on their paycheck you know obviously if you give someone a thousand bucks they can afford more more candy bars than their dentist can keep up with but um for whatever reason a thousand dollars doesn't make the same impact yeah it really is it's it's an interesting balance and it always the money have you do you ever get a chance to read I know you're so busy. Do you ever have time? I, I definitely got a chance to read, yes. So there's a book that um, I would recommend, man, you guys might really enjoy it. It's called Drive. Have you ever heard of it? But, uh, no. Daniel Pink. So uh, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great book. Um, in fact, I've got it sitting right here in front of me. It's called um, The Surprising Truth About What Motivates Us is the uh, subtitle. So Drive is the title. And he talks about... Um, you know, what really motivates people. And it's not, I'll send you a link to it, um, but it's, it's you know, there's you have to be compensated properly. And there's a point, you know, where you need, hey, I need to make this amount. But then it becomes much different than being about money. Uh, and it is, there are all these little things that can make a huge, huge impact that, you know, are not expensive but uh, go a long way. And, he, like, I mean, for example, putting the people on your website. Like, that's clearly a big deal to them, I'm sure, and it makes them feel... So there's a lot of stuff. Just, you may enjoy um, that book sometimes. I just put it on my Kindle. It'll be next in queue. Oh, good, man. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. I, I loved it. I think it's great. I've read it a couple of times, and it's a good one to kind of refer back to when you're when you're thinking through those types of things. Um, so what? Uh, who are some of the folks that, um, that you kind of admire that you've learned from over the years? Who are some of the folks that I admire? Um, yeah, or you know, people that you've learned from in your business, or even outside of your business. But I don't know. I, I admire. I, I, I have a really wide um, um, pool of, of folks that I kind of look at and think, wow, they're doing something great. Um, you know, from the individual. Uh, for, for one thing, I admire a lot of these individual restaurateurs that have one restaurant and and. And, and maintain this incredible quality and stick with it and, you know, really feel like they're living their dream despite the fact that maybe they're um, not profiting as much as they could if they opened multiple stores or, you know, caught on to some of the 
um, ideas that a lot of a lot of people are following now. Um, and then at the same time, you admire the guys that have really gone out and done it and managed because you realize how hard it is to have more than one restaurant and maintain the quality. So I think from top to bottom, any, it seems like anybody that's really successful has something special to share. Sure, absolutely. Um, wh- let me ask you this. What, do you, what are some of the things that, you know, as a leader in your business, and uh, and just uh, are there certain things that are important that you want your team to learn from you? Mm, you know, I I think that in the last seven or eight months, um, we've we really upgraded the team of at the at the um com- at the support company, management company, um, and it's been a really amazing progress for us. Uh, to see what people that know what they're doing and have the experience to, you know, kind of like shepherd you through some of the difficult times, times you wouldn't otherwise be able to anticipate can offer. So I hope that, um, you know, I hope that everybody on the teams below are, are recognizing that and and doing a better job of hiring, you know, great people, even if it's, you know, sometimes a little intimidating. Yeah. Um Gotcha. Or do you do you think that um, getting back to so you've got your locations now and you're trying to find the right balance of like I mean you have to give people autonomy I guess to a degree but then um, I guess you all are just kind of still still learning this I mean it just seems to me there's always a dilemma of like how much autonomy do you give where people could you know, feel yeah, like they I have ownership and. It's a real balancing how much, you know, on, on some level you need to, you want someone to feel ownership and you want to give them autonomy. And the second, the other side of it is, you know, well, you certainly need to have a consistent, you know, quality and product. Um, so what we found is um, if you give people the, if you, if you, if you really teach people what the reasoning behind your choices is and, you know, you set them up with a, set of values that they can filter their decision-making process through. Um, you can allow them to be more entrepreneurial in their decision-making because you know that they're making a decision from the, you know, from your perspective or, you know, filtered through your, I, you know, what's important to you. Um, so we have a kind of a core list of important questions that we would ask ourselves before we make a decision in either direction. Um, and that seems to be helping a lot with that. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so when they face a, an important dilemma instead of their A, you know, going with their gut and just winging it and maybe or maybe not making a decision, or B, contacting you, you have them, you know, they have a process they can apply to the uh, decision. That I mean, in generally speaking, I'm like a, I'm a somewhat creative entrepreneurial character who enjoys my freedom and I want to be able to make my own decisions. Um, and I know the the thing that it, you know what the thing that stifles my creativity most is having to gain approval from somebody. You know that that like idea of this red tape middle management corporate approval system where you know your idiot boss is telling you no you can't do this thing that you know is great. Um, that is that's like the death of 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 you know creativity and spontaneity. So ideally we. Ideally, we can manage through it without that. At the same time, 
um, it you know comes back to well that means it's that much more important to hire really great people that you know you can trust to make those decisions. And the better you do in that, and then the better you train them, the better able you are to allow them to manage their own you know jobs. Do you look then like is your is your um, finding folks to run <clears throat> your locations? Do you do you look for people that have some of that same creative entrepreneurial spirit as as you do? Um, you know, I mean, there's kind of like there's because some people you know they don't want the autonomy. They want here's the here's the answer, mm-hmm. right? Like there's chiefs and there's Indians. So do you kind of find chiefs that you know where they're willing to take? A lot of autonomy, but also not, you know, kind of be rogue, but 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 follow, you know, a general set of, you know, guidelines or guiding principles. Is that the kind of folks that you are trying to find? Would that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that different positions, you know, require different personalities. So one thing we're beginning to try is to define, you know, who does well in different roles, because obviously the restaurant has many different positions. Um, so we need a variety of personalities. Um, at the same time, recognizing that the meatball shop or any business isn't, you know, you can't be the right place for everybody. So trying to find the, the types of people that work well together and enjoy, you know, enjoy spending their time together. Because if you're going to, you know, have a great team, um, you know, ideally they they want to work together. Um, so I don't know if we're just trying to um, find people that have one trade or another. Specifically, I think it's more a matter of looking for those defining characteristics that mean that they're going to work well together, like, you know, genuinely good people that in, that actually enjoy working, um, people that are willing to go above and beyond, but recognize that if they want to themselves, they'll make themselves and everybody else unhappy, um, you know. So I guess intel- a level of intelligence um, and confidence to look you in the eye and give you a smile and shake your hand. Yeah. Right, some of the yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah, you know the um, the interesting thing. You you mentioned something early on about reminding yourselves not to take yourselves too seriously, which I'm sure can be hard. I mean, you've got a you've got a big business, um, and uh, you guys do a lot of volume, and you're in you're in New York, and so there's like all these things that would kind of wedge you into having to be very serious about the business, but but I mean I know you're serious about it, but when you say taking yourselves, you know, reminding yourself not to take yourselves too seriously, what what do you mean by that? Um, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, just because any individual is in any given position, um, there are a lot of factors that have gone into the the reason for that. And you know, like I got like I'm I'm a terrible dancer. Um I don't have a particularly great voice. Um, you know, my spelling is really atrocious. So, you know, just on like 80% of the, um, if you, were to, if you were to test me, you know, on, you know, like whatever across all platforms, you'd realize that, you know, probably I'm only better than a few people in a few areas, um, but I'm supposed to be the boss. And I think you, you, everybody needs to remind themselves of that, like, you know, and not be a, a complete douchebag. <laughs> gotcha, man. Uh, well, here's, here's actually something I just found that's interesting because I, th- I think it. Uh, I'm curious about the story around this. What's go- like? I saw on your website this thing with Uber and the L train. So I don't know I mean, what's happening with the L train right now. Is it hard for people to get to your Williamsburg yeah, location? So Brooke, our Brooklyn location is just on the um, east side of the East River, in in first stop into Brooklyn on the L train. 
Um, it's really convenient because the L train runs across 14th Street in Lower Manhattan. Um, it's one of the main thoroughfares, um, you know, and it's literally five minutes from Union Square to the Brooklyn location. Um, I live right by there, and it's great. However, they're doing construction nights and weekends, and the L train is not running um, for the next five weeks. So our marketing director teamed up with um, with Uber because Uber decided to offer $5 rides across the, you know, anywhere on the L train line. Um, Flaffy and so our, our marketing director, Natasha, who kind of saw, saw this as an opportunity, said, well, let's give people free, free ice cream sandwiches um, uh, if they take an Uber over to the meatball shop and see if we can't, you know, co-promote. So it's been going very well, although um, we've given away a lot of ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but probably a lot of great experiences that people will want to return when the L train is, is working. So that's Either cool... that or the other idea that people that are stuck in Brooklyn and can't leave, you know, have limited choices, right? Like all of Manhattan has been cut off to them. Absolutely. Well, that's see, that's so cool. So, I mean, you know, what a, it's a what a I like that you know your marketing director figured out a really creative way to deal with something versus you guys kind of throwing your hands up and going, you know, well, what can we do? Well, you actually yeah. can do something if you put on, you know, if you're creative and thoughtful and and don't accept that you know um, exterior forces can you know always dictate. Um, One thing we've recognized is when you when you when you're doing business with multiple locations in New York specifically, and I can't speak to the rest of the country or anywhere else, but like there's the something going wrong and something out of the ordinary is the ordinary here. There's right. always some weather event or some train that's down or some explosion or construction or, you know, delay. So, you know, that is the norm. Yeah, you guys have so much in, in regulatory stuff and everything else you have to deal with there. But you know what? It makes you uh I guess it's so true though, right? Like if you can make it there, I mean you <laughs> when you guys kind of figure out the formula, if you do grow outside of that that sort of natural footprint, then um you you may find in some ways that uh that you know it's 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 Yeah, hopefully some of the pressure won't be there. I, I hope I I hope that as we you know, when we do find our way out of New York we'll we'll realize well, you know, we've been prepared by the the harshest trials. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, listen, man, I'm going to let you go because I know how busy you are, but this is, this has been really awesome. And folks, if you're, I mean, if you're ever in New York, just go to the, go find a meatball shop. They're easy to find. They're, you know, there's six of them and uh, go because I've been, they're fun. The food is fantastic. The staff is a lot of fun and 